I acknowledge the Darkinjung people as the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast is recorded. I pay my respect to the elders past, present and emerging, and I extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may be listening. Hi, my name's Luan and this is the Rewritten Mead podcast, where I talk all things breast reconstruction after a mastectomy. Because let's say it like it is, having a mastectomy can be devastating. Sifting through all the information is overwhelming, the medical jargon's bamboozling, and it can be just plain scary and lonely. But you're not alone. That's why we're here. On the Rewritten Me pod, I talk to leading surgeons about all aspects of reconstruction. Nipples, belly buttons, foobs, diep flap, and staying flat. I also talk to healthcare professionals who can help with everyday practical advice to support your mental, physical, and emotional well-being. And I talk to the wonderful women from our reconstruction community who so generously share their stories with you. We're all here to help you make an holistic, informed decision that's right for you so that you can have a say in how you rewrite your story. I just love that I'm chatting to my guest today. It's somebody who I met through the global Instagram breast cancer community and someone who has pursued and achieved amazing things during her treatment and afterwards. Rory Zura is a certified personal trainer through the National Academy of Sports Medicine in America and a certified cancer exercise specialist with the Cancer Exercise Training Institute. She's also known on Instagram under her business name, Foobs and Fitness. And I can't wait for you to hear her story and all the fabulous things she's doing, including being the lead brarista for Brava Art in America, or the brarista coach, as I like to think of her. <laughs> Rory's passion is to ensure that no one faces breast cancer alone. And that really aligns with what Rewritten Me and Brava Art is about. And Rory puts the call out to join the Foob Army and think of her as your personal battle buddy. Her Instagram account is informative, fun and full of easy and really simple tips to get your exercise done, no matter where you are in your level of fitness or your treatment path or your surgery, prehab or rehab. So I am really, really thrilled to say, hey, Rory, how are you? I'm good. I'm very excited to be here and I love being able to talk with you. Oh, as always, I love being able to talk with you. Um, and they, we usually have these conversations and they go they go on and on. And it's always tricky, isn't it, as finding a, um, a, a good time. time slot. Yeah. Because do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, including where you're coming from today? Yeah. So um, I'm actually in New York. I live on Long Island. So very much across the pond from where you guys are. But thanks to social media, that doesn't have to be an issue anymore. Um, So I'm here from New York where the sun is setting and where you are, the sun is rising. It is. Yeah, it's just (laughs) come up here. I'm on the um, east coast of New South Wales. So you're in New York. So do you want to explain a little bit about your background and what it is that you do and, and why you do what you do? Yeah. Um, so to give you the full sort of story, um, I was always an athlete growing up. I learned how to run before I could walk. My mom said, I just was go, 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 always chasing after me on the playground. And it was always a passion of mine to be an athlete. I played soccer all my life. I was a dancer. 
Um, but I never knew how to really get into this industry, right? It was really a hobby for me. So I went to school in Arizona. I got a Bachelor of Arts degree in interior design, design studies. Um, creative juices are, are my forte. I do really love doing that. Um, and I hopped around from job to job. I graduated college in um, 2009, which was the market crash here in the United States. So I couldn't really find a job within my field. So I did what any recent college graduate would do. And I just found a job um, working in hotels, which I actually found to fall in love with. And then fast forward to about 2018, I was getting married and I found a new job that was closer to home and I took it doing graphic design. So in 2020, when COVID-19 hit, I was the last one hired, first one fired. Um, and not shortly later, did I get diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer. So Unfortunately, I did lose my job, but thankfully I was married. So in the States, I, I did have my husband's health insurance. So at mm. least we didn't have to worry too much about that end. Mm. Um, but not having a job and then having a health diagnosis of cancer um, was pretty scary. Yeah. Yeah. So and especially during COVID as well, like the world was just on, on its head wasn't it and yes. your treat your treatment then would have been really impacted was it by COVID and the restrictions around it was impacted in a sense um I couldn't bring people with me um like they could drop me off and wait in the lobby but um only the first one and then after that they were pretty strict I couldn't bring people in to sit with me you know and that, that's fine I I understand you know risks but it was very scary doing these things alone yeah. um and then the biggest concern was how was I going to move you know I don't have the ability to kind of deflect and go to work or do things like that because for the first time in my life I decided not to work. Um, I didn't search out for a job. I just took time for myself. Um, mm. My whole family is pretty much a cancer survivor, um, primarily breast. Um, my mom's a lymphoma survivor. She's a two-time lymphoma survivor now. Mm. My husband's a testicular cancer survivor. Um, so cancer is very prevalent. Um, I actually tried to get a preventative mastectomy in my 20s, but insurance denied me because they didn't meet the criteria that they had at the time mm. so when I got diagnosed I was kind of like well I, I knew this was going to happen so I know it's mm. going to happen to me down the road let's try and hunker down and do what we can so yeah. I had met with my oncologist and I had explained to him look I'm an athlete I know it chemotherapy it does to people is there a chance that I can still work out and he looked at me and he's like yeah you're fine to work out. You know, there's actually some studies that show exercise and chemotherapy minimizes side effects. Mm. And I just looked at him and I'm like, okay, so why are we not putting this on like the mailing card? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're telling me there's yeah. a chance that I don't need to have these side effects by moving? Sign yeah. me up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kind of a, fr a free kind of medicine really, isn't it? Movements. It's so yeah. you had, it was key, your treatment path was chemotherapy. Was that first? Did you have yep. that? Or So yeah. I did neoadjuvant chemotherapy. So I mm -hmm. did um, dose dense act. 
So four rounds of AC, four rounds of Taxol. Um, I never really had any issues besides finding out that I had a Chiari malformation. Um, so Chiari malformation is the base of your skull um, is too small for your brain. So the brain actually tries to like squeeze down into the cervical spine. And I guess chemo made me severely dehydrated, as we all know, um, and that affected the set brain stem. So we found out that I had that during chemo. Yeah. yeah. Um, but other than that, I never got nauseous. I never threw up. I never really had the chemotherapy quintessential side effects besides losing my hair and being tired and mm. cranky. So you tolerated it, yeah. You tolerated it quite, quite, quite well. Mm-hmm. And, and you'd heard you were you were told by your oncologist, or you asked your oncologist about whether you could keep moving and exercising, and you discovered that it's actually positively encouraged for you to try and move if you can yep. during mm-hmm. during that during that treatment. He actually did. So this is a funny story. So because COVID was going on. Um, I had asked him, I was like, you know, can I, can I work out? And so when I got the blessing from him, the first thing I did was call my girlfriend and say, Hey, can you meet me at the gym? And my doctor says, it's really important that we work out. So we were meeting at the gym all the time. And I was telling him about how I was so excited that I could go to the gym. And he just looked at me and he's like, Rory, it is COVID. <laughs> when I told you to work out, I meant at home. And I'm like, yeah. are you going to pay for a gym for me? Cause I don't have anything at home. Did you need, did you then need to then think about, so he was like, oh yeah, work out, but not with lots of people. Like (laughs) I did not really, I guess I was so excited for something like positive to come about. I didn't think about that until he said that. And I was like, oh, that was really dumb of me. But luckily I didn't get COVID at that time, Um, but I did stop going to the gym and I ended up um, waiting for Black Friday to get like mm. a treadmill, a rower, like the big things. Um, but I did did have some dumbbells at home already, so I was using those. Mm-hmm. So did you need to think of some um, creative ways to do your exercise? I know that I did. I had no weights when we went into lockdown. I had no weights at home and I filled um, – two litre uh, milk cartons of handles on them I filled them with with pebbles and I filled them with water until I got weights and I know um, I mentioned your Instagram account and I know you put a post up recently about how to use a roller to do squats and I was like oh my gosh against the wall I was like yes why have I not thought about that so you come up with really ingenious ways of getting that exercise in does that come from when you were trying to find ways to exercise during COVID at home? Um, yes and no. Um, I do have to credit TikTok. I do have to say that <laughs> TikTok does have a lot of inspiration as does for everybody in every sort of field. Um, Instagram reels, you know, social media really did help me in treatment. And then also don't forget, I've been in this field for a very long time. Most of my friends are trainers, um, coaches. I worked at Orange Theory for quite a a long time. So they were offering free classes still via their app. So I was still following them. The only thing that I ended up having to really modify was the cardio aspect of it because with the chemo, it just made me so tired that just walking up a flight of stairs was was my cardio. Mm -hmm. So I actually lifted heavier throughout treatment than I had ever done up to that point so my strength was a lot better 
my cardio is what really kind of needed to be altered a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's really interesting. And I think, like you said, you were surprised when your oncologist told you that. And I was similarly surprised. I was basically scripted exercise by my breast surgeon. She wrote it down. You need to go and see somebody. And I, I saw an exercise physiologist and I had, um, uh, you know, I, I had one-to-one sessions with her three times a week during, during chemotherapy, even on the days of chemo and lifting weights, which I was really surprised that this was a recommendation to lift weights, very lightweight. I wasn't doing, I wasn't doing heavy weights. It was just very, very light weights as well as my walking, which was my cardio. Uh Um, so I just love that you were encouraged to do that and found those ways to do it. Before we come back to talking a little bit about where that took you after treatment, I wondered if we could talk about what your surgeries were, because some people might be um, interested to know what your reconstruction choices were. So what happens after after chemo for you in 2020, Rory? So I went in for a double mastectomy um, with immediate reconstruction. Um, initially, I was dead set on getting um, deep, a deep flap. Um, but my surgeon and I love him. He is truly to this day, the first person that I met through my cancer treatment that envisioned a future for me. Um, and he, he said to me, he's like, look, I'll I'll do what you want. It's your choice. But if I could make a recommendation for you, I would wait on the deep. And I asked him why, if you can give me a good reason, then, you know, obviously this is a open communication. You, you are the expert. And he said, how old are you? And I'm like 33. And he's like, do you have kids? And I'm like, no. He's like, do you want kids? And that got me thinking. I'm like, nobody's asked me about that. Even through fertility treatment, it was more like you're young. You need to go through fertility treatment. It's in your best interest. Not do you. Hmm. So I was like, um, maybe, I mean, I'm kind of thinking about making sure that I stay alive right now, but <laughs> yeah. you know, I appreciate That's my focus. that. Yeah. So he goes, Lori, honestly, think about it this way. If you do get pregnant when you're done with all of this and you have a deep flap, that can cause complications for you down, down the road during your pregnancy mm-hmm. and you've been through enough. So why don't we set a plan for you? You can do the implants right now. You can do a different flap, lat, whatever. Um, And then in 10 years or so, or if you choose to definitely not have kids, then we can revisit the deep. Mm -hmm. And I sat there crying in his office because Mm -hmm. it meant so much to me that he wanted to protect my future because Mm -hmm. he knew I was going to have one. Mm -hmm. So I trusted him. I still trust him to this day. Um, I chose to have silicone implants, um, Mm. under the muscle Mm. and I went in for the expanders to be placed in February while we were in there, they did the sentinel no biopsy. Everything came back clear. So they sewed me up, woke up, Mm. sent me home. And a week later they called and said that they had found micromets in the full pathology and I'd have to go back for a second surgery. And that's when I lost all my marbles. I was like, Mm. no, you're not taking my lymph nodes. Like, I know what the risks are for lymphedema. I fought Mm. them tooth and nail. Um, 
um, eventually I had said to them, I'll agree to the surgery, but I want to speak with a lymphedema therapist before I go back in. Mm -hmm. And they don't normally do that. But I was able to advocate for myself and really push for the preventative and proactive sort of treatment that I've been after. Mm. And I saw the lymphedema therapist. I got a sleeve. I got my measurements. I got massage techniques that I could use throughout when I was cleared for movement. And she was so proud of me for coming in there and taking you know, an effort into making sure that I don't have to inundate them for something that may or may not be necessary. Because after surgery, there's a difference between surgical swelling and lymphedema swelling. So being able to understand the difference and knowing how I can reverse anything that happens was so much of a weight lifted off of my chest that I was confident going back into that surgery. Like, all right, take him out. I don't care. Um, and the other thing that helped me too was meeting with my radiation oncologist because mm. for triple negative, since it's aggressive and I'm young, everything but the kitchen sink was sent, was thrown at it. Yeah. And my radiation oncologist was just like my plastic. He down to earth, appreciative. He understood, you know, I'm, I'm an exercise junkie. You're going to have to work with me on my treatment plan. Like, I know that you guys have your standard of care, but I'm going to kind of manipulate it a little bit because I need to do it what fits for me. Mm. And he said, go for it. You know, if, as long as you keep this communication with me and, and I don't see anything that's going on with you, that's a concern. You have my blessing. Yeah. And he yeah. was working with me. And after 25 rounds of radiation, I did Zalota, went back to him for my year checkup. And it doesn't even look like I had radiation done. Wow. No scarring, wow. no discoloration, no nothing. No nothing. Wow, I, I, your um, that story of you knowing what you want, but mm -hmm. then also your um, plastic surgeon asking you questions to help inform you about something that you didn't know about or wouldn't have considered. It's really, it's really what we want to hear, isn't it? And you kept saying, you know, um, communication and keeping the dialogue open. So they were really encouraging that two-way dialogue, dialogue with you and looking yep. holistically at your life now, but also what your plans were for the future. That's phenomenal. Informed decision-making um, kind of 101 there. Right. And like hearing that and especially being in the, in the community and hearing the complete opposite, I was like, more, well, how do I get you on like a platform and like, yeah. just like preach exactly what you're doing? Can I, can I create a course out of the things that you did? Yeah. Like, yeah. Cause yeah. like, this is what we want to hear. This is what we, we need to hear in our community. And I know you're a doctor and I know you, you, your job is to save me, but you're not just saving me. You're saving the essence of me, the person who I'm about to be after all of this. So if there's, and that's the thing that I said to my breast surgeon I said you know I understand that you need to take my lymph nodes out but if I don't have a quality of life afterwards then what is the point mm. yeah. there's no yeah. point in all of this if my life is absolutely miserable afterwards so mm. let's do something now that can preserve my happiness and and the things that I, I desire to have in the future yeah yeah truly self-advocating and being proactive in in that as well some research and then you went to meet with the lymphedema specialist go you I love that story. 
Well, it's hard, isn't it? It is hard to kind of hold your ground, ask the questions sometimes. So, um, so you had, and was it a double reconstruction that you had? Uh, yep. So because I had tried to get um, the preventative mastectomy so long ago, I was like, look, I wanted to do it back then. We're, we're definitely doing it now. Um, I didn't really care about what the statistics wanted, said, you know, it was, it was something I wanted. And I'm so happy that I did do that. Um, so about, so I started, I ended radiation in, I think, June or something like that. And that following year is when I finally got my squishy boobs. So Your squishy boobs. My squishy, squishy boobs. So let's, let's talk about squishy boobs then, because as I said <laughs> in the intro, it's a nice segue into, um, into foobs, because your the name of your business is Foobs and Fitness. Mm-hmm. And I was asked this question the other day, what does a foob mean? So what does a foob mean? Um, and what does it mean to you? So to me, foob, even though in the community it's defined as a fake boob, to me, that means you've been affected by breast cancer. So it doesn't matter whether you've chosen to have implants, a flap surgery, remain flat. If you have gone through a procedure, mastectomy, lumpectomy, you have a foob. You have lost a part of yourself. That indicates to me that you're a foob. So you can ask a couple of different people in the community will all have different answers. But to me, it's all about inclusivity, right? Mm -hmm. Making sure that if you've been affected by breast cancer, you are the one that has to deal with this. You are the one that needs a battle buddy. You can join the army because you've been through hell and back. Yeah. Yeah, I love that 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 inclusivity of it because I think I'd heard of it as um, a fat boob in relation to uh, DF reconstruction, for instance, because DF is where they take your tummy tissue and use it to reconstruct mm-hmm. a breast or breasts. So I would I would always thought of it. Um, that's how I came across the term anyway. Initially, was that it's a fat boob, but now it's an it's it's for for anyone who's been impacted um, by breast cancer, and you have and you. Um, you feature badass foobs, don't you, each week on your Instagram account? <laughs> I do. And that's so people always ask me, they're like, can I be featured? I don't have reconstruction. And I'm like, are you a breast cancer survivor? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, then hell yeah, you could be a badass foob. Because guess what? You are. And your story deserves to be heard and screamed from the rooftops because mm. you deserve and have earned this title. And that's another thing that I'm trying to kind of change is is this mindset you know for people who have lost their breasts or a part of their breasts they may feel like they're fake you know and that's not a bad thing you know I'm proud to have fake boobs because Mm -hmm. it makes me happy and helps my mental health and I know women who have chosen to remain flat and that's their food because that's what makes them happy. Yeah. And we wear our battle scars very proudly. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting you say that. I remember I would, I always felt, cause I had a single DF and when I was re- in recovery, I always felt a bit like my baby food, you know, because you have the, you have the, um, the blood supply checked regularly very regularly through the first couple of days every hour or so um and I was always waiting for that little heartbeat of my baby food that I could hear and I I've always been really happy with it but it was interesting I was chatting to somebody in the medical professional and mentioned that and they were like 
oh, I, if women think of their, you know, reconstructed breasts as a food, it kind of distances themselves. They weren't a fan of the use of that term. And I was like, no, I actually feel that I, I, I looked after my food. I cared for it. I loved it. And I don't think it of being other. It is part of me now. Mm-hmm. And that's some some people do not like the term food, and that's mm. fine. This okay. is this is your story, you know. You're entitled to however you want, and I do agree that some people who, who think like that, um, it's true. It, it's an alienated part of our body. It's a, an amputation. We've lost our our body part, mm. but also at the same time, I don't want to not include that as me because Mm. this is a part of me now you know Mm. whether I like it or not you know this 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 is me scars Mm. silicone and all (laughs) silicone and all yeah I love I love that approach Rory and I think that positivity around viewing that as part of you a part of us now that is really something that really did help me I think from social media as well I think of some of the accounts that are out there that share images of uh, women who've had surgery was something that really helped me arrive at being at peace and loving my food and and my scars and um, Instagram for me has been really positive in that aspect I know lots of people have different experiences Mm -hmm. um but I want to talk a little bit about how you're using it with regards to exercise, because as I mentioned earlier, you know, you, you, you post up some reels, you do a lot of reels. I'm rubbish at reels. You're great. At reels. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got these tips for exercise and, and getting your movement in. And you know, no matter how much or how little somebody can do, you've got tips for them. So I wanted to just talk a little bit, if we can, about exercise for our community for the breast cancer community we all know that exercise is good for us but specifically why is it good for us during treatments and then sort of post treatment or post surgery yeah there's so many benefits and now i think is also a time in our lives where healthcare industries are actually seeing the benefit and starting to spend time on studies and clinical trials and how can we incorporate this into patients' lives? Because one, first and foremost, it's a stress relief. You know, you go to the gym. I have never in my entire life heard someone say that a bad workout. I don't care if you sit in the gym and, and cry, you're going to feel better when you leave. So it's, it's a, it's a workout, you know, um, you're moving your body. If you're in a gym setting, you're with like-minded people, um, you're letting out that frustration. But when it comes to breast cancer specifically, while you're in treatment, you're combating osteoporosis, you're combating the treatment side effects. Like I said, I never got nauseous. Um, I never lost too much weight and never gained too much weight. Um, it helps your um, chance of reoccurrence to drop, um, risk of reoccurrence will, will drop from this. Mm-hmm. Um so there's, there's plenty of studies that are going out. Obviously, the key is combating the osteoporosis because for those of us who go into medically induced menopause, that's a big factor. Um, and it's really teaching you about your body as well. It's preparing you for surgery. Or if you've had surgery and you're doing treatment now, you're recovering from surgery. So there's a lot of modalities that are going on with just this simple form of movement. Mm-hmm. 
And I think a lot of people are afraid of physical activity because the fitness industry has not always been the most welcoming environment. Mm -hmm. Um, It can be very intimidating. And I feel like people constantly like look for this perfect workout and there's no such thing as perfect workout. Your workout is going to change vastly all the time. So the best thing that you can do is literally just get up and move. Like if you don't know where to start, just go for a walk. Yeah, that walking was what got me through treatment, I believe. I I mean, I mentioned I saw an exercise physiologist as well, but I went for a daily walk. Um, And when you talk about the mental health, that I think that really helped me through treatment and through those really terrifying days. And as you said, you know, sometimes it's it could be very different. A workout can be different. And sometimes I'd go for a walk and I couldn't do the whole route. So I would get a bus back. I always made sure I was on a bus route. Yeah. <laughs> and I get the bus sure back. You're safe. Have, you know, I, I used the buddy system. So, yeah. you know, depending on where your comfort level is, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, your, your white blood cells, all of that comes into factor. That's also why it's important to maybe work with someone who understands what treatment is doing to you mm-hmm. um, and making sure that your medical team, first and foremost, knows that you're doing these things. Yeah, yeah. Always check in with your team, particularly around um, around surgeries as well, around mm-hmm. uh, post-surgery uh, exercise or training. Check in with your team as to what you can do. So that's some of the benefits then of, um, of exercise for being in treatment or after surgery or even before surgery. And you do a lot of your support, don't you, in person, but you also do it online. So you're used to supporting motivating and inspiring virtually and this is where I'm going to do my link now to Brava Art because <laughs> I mentioned how great you were at reels and you um you uh, you were doing reels last year for Brava Art which were amazing and that anyone who's um who's look who's checked out Brava Art um will have will see Rory on the Instagram accounts there my finding um, foods yeah yeah but um I guess so you were a top brarista that's somebody who makes brava art and um I wanted to thank you for that for last year but we might need to explain to some of the listeners what brava art is because um it's a relatively new thing it's only the second year that we've done it isn't it so mm-hmm. brava art is a social media campaign that uses the free exercise app strava to map your route when you're exercising and create art, a line drawing on the map to promote Breast Reconstruction Awareness Day. Now, Breast Reconstruction Awareness Day is the third Wednesday in October, which is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. But not many people know about Breast Reconstruction Awareness Day or Bra Day, as it's known. Um, so last year, I devised a campaign that brings together Strava, Strava Art, and Brade to make Brava Art. And last year it was uh, really successful. We reached over 35,000 people in the um, on Brade. And a lot of that is down to our wonderful braristas, people who make Brava Art like Rory. So you got really into the campaign last year, Rory. As I said, you were doing reels, which I'm really rubbish at, but you're amazing at. Um, why did you pick up the Brava Art baton? What was it about the campaign that interested you? It's a combination of everything that I'm passionate about, you know, breast reconstruction, breast cancer, movement. And I feel like sometimes in October, 
as a breast cancer survivor, things are very overwhelming. And this was so much fun. It kind of made me forget that I had just started treatment like the beginning of October of 2020. So October for me is already an emotional sort of month. Um, And then you add pink everywhere, which I'm getting my pink hair touched up right before October. So I'm very excited about that. But this was something that I could do to let all of that steam kind of come off. And for a good reason, you know, Mm. there was no ulterior motive. It was really to just make sure that people understood you have options. There is Mm. something out there for everyone. And you as a patient need to advocate for yourself for what is right for you. So I was able to kind of run all over New York and create each day a different um, letter. So last year I spelled out foobs. Um, and then this year we'll be able to do something a little different, a little more fun. Yes, we will, which we'll talk about in a second. I'm really excited for it, but I wanted to just acknowledge that you said like breast cancer awareness month can be really triggering, can't it? And I was Mm -hmm. surprised by how triggered I was. I think that first year after my diagnosis and it is the anniversary of my mammogram that um in that month as well and when all that happened for me too so you really find movement as a distraction through brava art as well yep mm-hmm. yeah yeah especially because I think things are very serious sometimes when it comes to this um because breast cancer is very serious don't mm. mistake that but as a survivor I want to write my story I don't want to have this toxic positivity all the time. I can be sad and I can be angry and I love pink, you know? So October is my month. I want to be able to celebrate this month, grieve this month. Um, And being able to have a dedicated time where I can utilize movement of walking and drawing pictures and trying to figure out where am I going what am I doing you know it was it was very enjoyable for me and I want other people to share in that because broad day is pretty much in the middle of October so it's like this seventh inning stretch you know like we all come out of the gates oh breast cancer awareness breast cancer awareness and then I think the the, the heaviness really starts to hit us so then yeah. that's where, you know, Brava art comes in like, hey, let's get up, let's move, let's do yeah. something, let's get the stress off of our and get ready for the, the next couple of innings because October is not over. So I really do think, believe that this is a positive impact that the breast cancer community needs. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, it, and like you say, it's not taking away from the seriousness of breast cancer or reconstruction, um, but it is a fun way of raising awareness and there's no fundraising that's involved it is really just about raising awareness of that day and and that people know all their different options and I just loved how um how you got into it last year with your pink stripe like Waldo (laughs) you call it Waldo is that right so I copied I copied where's Waldo and changed it into find foods find foods yeah so (laughs) Rory this year will be digging out her pink striped, uh, yeah, so instead of Where's Wally or Where's, where's Waldo, uh, depending on where you are, it's going to be Find find Foobs. So you mentioned there about watching the 
watching the route or watching your art as you created it, I guess you need to maybe talk a little bit about what it is you need to do to, to make Brava art. So we're suggesting you use Strava. Now, this is not an ad for Strava. We are not sponsored <laughs> by them in any way. It's just that it already exists. People already make Strava art, but you can mm. use any other exercise tracking app. But if you download Strava, it's free. There is a, a paid version, but you can get the free version. Download it onto your phone and you can look at the map on there and you can plan your route or you can just have a look at you know your google maps and see what's around you or you can freeform it doesn't it doesn't really matter mm -hmm. um i quite like using a park actually um i find oh. it easier to yeah to do it in a park um so it's really funny last year when i was doing it i tried to do it in the park and my husband drove past and he looks at me running in like circles and he texts me he's like are you having a seizure? Are you okay? What are you doing? I was yeah. like, I'm running. It's for Brava. And he's like, okay. Just wanted to make sure you're okay. And then I found that going on the streets and kind of like mapping out the letters did help me to kind of get used to mm. things. But I do agree that a park, you have way more flexibility to do things. Yeah. Yeah. But some, yeah, you might just cause people to wonder what it is that you are. <laughs> That you are yeah. <laughs> I was in a park and I made a love heart and I basically took two trees as my reference points and I just walked up to one tree down a little bit and then back up to the other and then back to the starting position and it sounds like it needs to be epic art but it doesn't need to be that love heart that I did was 200 meters and took me three minutes to do but if you if you plan your route so whether that's in a park or people have done it on water people have kayaked and then what you do is open Strava hit the record button which is a circle that's in the middle of the app and then you can choose what type of activity you want to record so you can walk or run or as I said kayak um Bye. last year people bike cycle yeah and last year people rollerbladed they skateboarded and uh, somebody skied so there's lots of I know <laughs> and we're going to be putting some challenges out I think this year to different ways to make Brava art um, so open that hit record choose what activity you want to record hit the start button and it starts to record and you can watch it as you're doing it on the map and then once you've finished it hit the finish button and you can then share it to Instagram and you can tag Brava Art Official, which is the account that the campaign is run under. That's Brava Art Official. But I'll put that in the episode notes. And um, yeah, just share your share your art that you've created and we'll reshare that. And it's really as simple as that. Do it, map it, share it, tag it. That's what mm -hmm. we're asking people to do. So and people who make Brava Art, we've mentioned our Braristas, and we will um, we will share all your Brava Art on Instagram. So last year was the first year, and it was really, really successful. And we've got some challenges that we're putting out, aren't we, Rory? You in particular. <laughs> I love myself a good challenge. <laughs> you do, you do. And I think it's really great because it can be a bit daunting when you start making Brava art and you're not sure what to do. So mm -hmm. having a challenge and having some direction actually does help. So what are you going to be asking people to do this year, Rory? And, and how as well? Because this is some news hot off the press. <laughs> 
So this year, um, there's going to be a couple different challenges per day. So one of the days, and I'm not going to give you the order because I'm going to put them out each day so that you can't practice them until the week. <laughs> um, but one of the days will be a foo. One of the days, maybe a bra. One of the days, maybe scars. So different challenges. We're going to do it over the course of the week. So starting mm -hmm. on Sunday, each day um, we'll be setting out uh, an image that has already been done to show you what you can do. Now you can be a perfectionist and do this a uh, hundred times if you want and post each of them up, or you can do how you see fit. This is always to your fitness level, to your comfort level. This is not to sort of put any more additional stress on you. This is just supposed to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. And all Brava art is good Brava art. It doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be perfect. <laughs> I mean squiggly I, lines works. <laughs> that's fine. That is absolutely fine. And um you mentioned earlier using uh, the the street map to do the route, and that can be quite easy, especially if you've got a grid kind of uh, street layout, I think. Um, and if you're wanting to write letters, this is a tip for people who want to make uh, words. This, you can find that capital letters can be a little bit easier to do if mm -hmm. you've got that grid. <laughs> <laughs> capital, as someone who did all capital letters last year, they're a lot easier. They're a lot easier to do. They are definitely a lot easier to do. And um, and yes, as I said, any Brava art is good Brava art. It's not about being perfect. It's about giving a go. Let's do this. Whatever you do, pop it up on Instagram, tag Brava art official, and that will help us raise awareness of bra day and therefore support more women for informed choice and also let them know that they're not alone we are part of a community and that community includes people who are have had a diagnosis or they've had reconstruction but also those that haven't um and i know there are some people that are taking part this year who want to support the campaign so that they can help anyone in the future who might be making this decision and it mm -hmm. also includes we have a lot of surgeons surgeons are on our team and they've, yep. uh, they've been doing it as well <laughs> yeah and we've got some that are lined up for this year yep. don't worry about it being perfect just give it a go have some fun with it and so you're setting these challenges Rory mm -hmm. out for the week of bra day because bra day is on the 18th of October and that's mm -hmm. a Wednesday and that can be quite tricky getting some um, planned exercise in sometimes in on on the on the hump day of a week so <laughs> we're going to do it all week aren't we and you're going to set your challenges Working now where um, are you going to set them how can people sign up for your challenges so for foods and fitness I have been very diligently for people to sign up um, for my personal training I have some programs that I can do for people in there there's an exercise library and this platform, exercise.com, has a um, group function. Now, in this group, I can set challenges. There's a discussion board. There's a leaderboard. There's all sorts of goodies that we're going to utilize to kind of make this all honed in in one area. And then that way we can take all of that um, information and post it back up on Instagram to share with everybody in the community and even the caregivers and surgeons and hospitals and 
And anybody who wants to help raise awareness, you're welcome. Um, so we'll be able to post some more information on how you can access this app. It is free for everybody to use. There is no cost to this. Um, like we said before, there is no fund raising, just fun raising. And we're very true about that. This is all going to be fun and it's all going to be free for people to just have some stress relief. Yeah. And just do what you can when mm -hmm. you can. So the challenges will go up in the Foobs and Fitness app. So it's a Foobs and Fitness app that you can join in for the weekly challenge. Um, sorry, daily challenges throughout the week that Rory is going to be setting for Bra Day. And I'll put a link in the episode notes. I'm really excited for this app for you, Rory. And I want to congratulate you on you. I know you put so much work into it. I just think it's amazing. I know you've, like you say, you've been testing it. There's lots of work gone into it. So congratulations, Melody. Thank you. It's been, but <laughs> well worth the headache because my clients love it so far. So yeah. now I can share it with the world and mm. just make movement a lot more attainable for people. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Congratulations. I was thrilled when I heard that you were going to be developing it and then to have it um, um, available for the challenges for Bravo Art. I'm just so happy. Thank you so much. So check that out. Foobs and Fitness um, Instagram account, but also the um, the free app that Rory's developed where you can go and you can follow the Bravo Art challenge. So I'm going to look forward. I'm going to look forward to that. Um, I am really interested to know what order you're going to be doing things in. <laughs> <laughs> But listeners, do keep an eye out. Go and check out the Brava Art official account. We will be um, posting up uh, art that people made last year, and we'll have got Braristas that are in training in the in the run up uh, mm -hmm. as a warming up, shall we say, for Brava yes, Day? Or, proper or, warm up, yeah, always proper win, yeah, proper <laughs> warm up, yeah. All the um, all the exercise puns will start coming out on Instagram, um, and. And we'd love you, please, we'd love you to be involved, whether that's on your own or you want to get a team together or, you know, last year we had people from workplaces, they went out in their lunch hour just to do a little bit of a walk and they tagged Bravo Art. So it's all doable in lots of different ways. And mm -hmm. if you want some more information about it, check out the links that I'll put in these episode notes. I'm really excited for the challenges, Rory. Um, I'm looking forward to it. It'll keep me it'll keep me going as I make my Brava art. <laughs> of which I'm not an expert. I have done some really dodgy Brava art, but it's, it's, it's still art. Still I mean, art. If you look at regular art, some of it's a little questionable too, but it's still great. It's still, still art. art. Yeah. So yeah. just do get out there, make some art, have some fun, raise awareness. That's what we're here for, right? It is absolutely, yeah. It could be abstract, brother art. It's all good. So there you go. <laughs> oh, thanks, lovely. I've loved chatting to you this morning, your evening. Um, and thank you for everything, you know, for your support for Brava Art. It really um it was really wonderful to see what you were doing last year and you were helping the Brava Art community come together because at the end of the day, you know, Brava Art is about supporting women who've had a diagnosis or they have an increased risk of breast cancer um, now and those in the future. So Brava Art really does support a community and we love all the involvement. So thank you so much. Lovely. Of course. It's my absolute pleasure being involved in this. It's, it's, truly one of my favorite things about October yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah because it can be tricky can't it in October just when 
as you say the middle of the month you get to it and you're kind of thinking just be over oh my god I just need to stop yeah yeah so make some bravo art as a distraction Mm -hmm. so thanks again Rory um as listeners know at the end of each podcast I ask guests to share a line or a lyric from a song or a poem that's meaningful to them or that they'd like to share with the audience so Rory what would you like to share today so this is a song that I actually have um tattooed on my body that's how important the song is to me um it's a song that I had discovered oh my god almost 10 years ago now oh I'm so old um and it has gotten me through a lot of dark times um every time I hear this song my husband knows like give me the tissues because I'm just gonna start crying and it's so simple, the song. It's only got about five lines of words. It's more melodic than anything. It's by Porter Robinson. It's called Language. So if you're in the EDM world, you may know of Porter or Virtual Self or any of the other names he goes by. But he is my favorite. This is the song I have his artwork tattooed on my thigh. So the song goes, give me release. Let the waves of time and space surround me. Because I need room to breathe. Let me float back to the place you found me. I'll be okay. That's beautiful, isn't it? I've never heard that before. Oh, gosh, that's gorgeous. Thank you. Oh, I'm so choking up because of this. But you have to listen to the the whole song. Um, The music video is even more tear-jerking. Music is my love language, so Mm. every time... I listen to this, it just reminds me that you may be feeling like you're sinking and you can't breathe and you're suffocating and you just need to claw your way out and just know that you will and you will be okay and mm-hmm. things happen, but in the end, you're going to be all right. Yeah, you will be. And, and for me as well, I think it resonates because I always felt that, you know, I had great advice, take it one day at a time one step at a time and I think for me I ended up sometimes it was one breath at a time when I was really scared and it sounds like the simplest of things to say breathe but those just taking that big breath in for me during those terrifying times yeah got me through and it was okay Mm -hmm. I think we all forget to breathe yeah so something so simple and free um, can do a lot of positive things for your mind and your body what about you what's your what's your favorite poem or lyric I was thinking about this and I thought um do I do I read the um unwritten lyrics and I thought no I'm not going to I'm going to share some other lyrics that's actually um I'm originally from the UK and Liverpool is my home city and I support Liverpool football club soccer so (laughs) football so yes, so, yeah, soccer or football. I, I'm, 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 I'm bilingual. <laughs> <laughs> and the anthem for uh, Liverpool Football Club is "You'll Never Walk Alone," and it's when you walk through a storm, hold your head up high, and don't be afraid of the dark. At the end of a storm, there's a golden sky and the sweet silver song of a lark. Walk on through the wind. Walk on through the rain, for your dreams be tossed and blown. Walk on, walk on, 
with hope in your heart and you'll never walk alone. I love that. That's my, it's a, it's a chant at the soccer uh, games, but also it's uh, from a song originally. And I thought, because we were talking about Brava Art as well, um, walking absolutely got me through treatment. Absolutely. I have no doubt like you that exercise and walking helped me tolerate my treatment as well as, as well as I did. Mm-hmm. yeah if you can you know it might only be around the block just you know it might it even just be to the mailbox and to the that's mailbox totally about. fine and yeah. you're gonna walk through a storm you're gonna walk through a rainbow and you're gonna walk through sunshine so yeah even if you gotta walk through hail sleet and snow you're still walking that's the whole point yeah keep moving Thank you so much, my lovely Rory. It's been fabulous as always to talk to you. I am really excited for this. Thank you for oh, just for being wonderful you um, <laughs> and yeah, and for all your friendship as well and all your support for Bravo Arts. Thank you, my darling. I adore you. I adore you back. <laughs> and thanks everybody for listening. Bye now. Thank you for listening to the Rewritten Me podcast. If you found any of the content upsetting, please reach out and get help. Breast Cancer Network Australia have a free confidential helpline, 1800 500 258. And Beyond Blue have a range of free resources online at beyondblue.org.au. Or you can call them on 1300 224 636. And a reminder that the information in this podcast does not constitute medical advice. For personalised medical advice, you should seek a consult with a FRAX qualified surgeon or an equally qualified surgeon in your country.